Welcome to the State of America Road Report. With your hosts, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the State of America Road Report. I am your host, Ian Rice. David Hudson is on special assignment somewhere. So it's just me. And this is part two of our road report covering the August 7th, 2021 show at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in Tinley Park, Illinois. And joining me today is good buddy of mine, great fan of the band, Mr. Sean Hillman. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ian. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Excited to talk about a show with you because I know you have, you'll have good insight into this. Well, I spent so much time following the podcast. First of all, thank you for having me, but I hey. spent so much time following the show and talking back to you guys. I figured it would be good to get on air and actually do it in real time. So yes, a few people have told me that they answer us back on the, while they're listening. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but well, it's great when you're walking your dog and then people think you're having an argument with, you know, with <laughs> invisible people. So this is good to actually physically be talking to you. Excellent. Yes. So before we get started talking about the show itself, I just kind of wanted you to give a little insight into your history with the band a little bit. Like, how? when did you get into the Crows? How did you get into the Crows? Yeah, right on. So I I was an early believer. Uh, February of 93, couple mm. things happened. I got my, I turned 16, I got my driver's license, and I saw my first Black Crows show at the Chick Evans Field House in DeKalb, Illinois, on the campus of NIU. And I was, I mean, I had already had the Shake Your Moneymaker album. This was the Southern Harmony tour, right? And I was, I was already hooked from the beginning. This band means so much to me. So I saw them a couple times in their first iteration, but wasn't, you know, financially able to, to seriously follow them other than memorizing every song on every album. (laughs) So I wasn't big into the tape trading and, and all of that at first. After the first hiatus or during the first hiatus, I said, if this band ever gets back together, I'm going to see them every chance I get. So the 05 reunion and and reincarnation of the band happened. And I've seen just about every time they've come through Chicago in one iteration or another. I've never seen the Brotherhood, but I've seen Magpie and I think Crow's shows, including a couple road trips to Ohio, I've got about 25 shows under my belt now. So long time listener and, and lover and, and just um, not worship of everything they do, but huge, huge fan. Listen, man, 25 shows is quite a uh, an achievement. That's a lot. That's great. I mean, I'm no Steve Gleason, but wow. I try. I Few try. are. You know what I mean? He set the bar pretty high. I think there's only one. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steve. Yes, of course. But uh, so going into this Shake Your Money Maker tour, obviously, you know, as we've touched upon on past episodes and past road reports, you know, there was a 
there was a, a mixed feeling about this tour from some folks. And I, I, I see both sides of the argument, but what was your expectation like on a scale of one to 10 going into this thing? Yeah, I would say I was a solid five. Um, I was a three. And then I saw the brothers play in February, 2019 in Chicago, just the two of them. And I thought, okay, this, this is actually legit. So I jumped to a five, but I'm still, you know, it's, it's them and then hired guns. And with the COVID delays and everything, you you just aren't sure. And you know, the the third biggest piece of the band obviously isn't there behind the drum kit, and and that was a hard one for me to get used to the idea. But you you just know it's it's past that. It's going to go into something else now. So I, I was a five going in, and I would say it seemed like they really had their stuff together, and even. Um, and not just because they're promoting the crap out of it on, you know, satellite radio or, or other mediums, uh, but because it seemed like they legitimately wanted to pull this off. So I, I would say it was a five and, and optimistic going in. Yeah, it seems to me like, uh, uh, honestly, they, they did a lot of rehearsal for it. It seems to me like Chris is in fantastic voice in this stage of the game. And that's, that's great to see, you know, a guy in his mid fifties that can, that is sounding better than he has in in many years. Yeah. Yeah. And he sounds into it too, right? Whether it was the two shows they did in 2020, um, or the brothers shows, this is somebody that, and even in the, as the crow's flight before this, it was somebody that wanted to sing that music again. And you didn't get that in the last two or 2013 or whatever. You, you just didn't have that anymore. So yeah, it was refreshing. Now I do have to ask because I, I I we kind of passed by this in other uh, episodes, but uh, for me a big um, attraction to this to this tour that much more so is when Sven came back into the fold. Did that did that add a little additional element for you, or or did it uh, was it still pretty much the same? Oh no, I was very excited. I mean, you know, Tim Lefevre is a great bassist and, and is very acclaimed in his own right, but Sven just feels right. I mean, that guy's got more time under his belt as a black crow now than than Johnny Colt did, right? Yeah. So and I've seen the most shows with Sven. I've seen him great. I've seen shows when he's been off, but that feels right. So when he was announced, I was I was very excited. He's almost in my mind, he's almost like an original member to me because he was when he was in Mary, my hope, and they, they kind of lived together and knew each other. So it's almost like he's been there right from the beginning, you know? So I yeah. think that kind of adds a, a, another level of authenticity to the whole thing. Yeah. And it gives you hope, right? The brothers for the past year and a half were saying, you know, nobody from the past, nobody from the past. And then Sven comes in, who's naturally the best for the position, but then it's like, okay, all right, you guys can be reasonable. Good to know. And, and, uh, obviously a fan favorite. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Shout out to Mr. Sven Pippian, of course. Yeah, love his work. So let's talk about the the first half of the show, which obviously is the shake your money maker portion. You're going to get the same thing every night. There's no surprises there. But how do you feel they, they pulled off the material and what were some of the highlights for you? You know, this um, met my expectations in, in most ways and exceeded in a few others. Just running through the set list and the songs, the first you know thing I'll say is twice as hard. You can never lose with that as an opener. <laughs> this show was kind of unique because Chris flubbed the first line. So it's like, oh, okay, are we really here? <laughs> uh, 
but it was it was nice to see the set, nice to see what everybody had been talking about, and nice to see the band, you know, rocking out in a big arena. So that was great. And then you go into Jealous again, and, and the note I had on that song was that it was it was fun at first, but then it it quickly became forgettable. And I was I was getting a little worried. I'm like, uh oh, are these guys just phoning it in now, or what's going to happen? You know, from their history, the Black Crows were never one to do the same set list usually night after night. So I know this has been a new normal for them, but I was a little worried. Uh, they let Isaiah shine on that a little bit. So I was like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we're, they're starting to figure it out. And then Sister Luck, to me, they got their legs under them. And uh, this, and then seeing things in, in two songs later, these are songs that are better with 30 years of perspective and, and gravitas behind the words now. And they grew into the song nicely. And then whoever, and, and it's not a bash to sound guys. I don't know if they tour with the band or if it was hired guns at Tinley Park, but I, this is the first time I heard Joel all night. So it was nice to finally hear the keys. Could I have been so blind was next. And, and, you know, me as a attempted drummer at one point, it's a fun one to drum if you're a novice, but, this is played really straight through, and this is one, as I've listened to the live shows and I saw it in person, you could just, I think you could just tell that the rhythm section was told, play it straight. That was the impression I got. It, it was pretty forgettable. And then, again, bouncing back with seeing things. The, the note I have on this is that this was the Chris Robinson and Joel Robineau showcase, and it was just church. It was... It was really wonderful, wonderful song. That seems to be a general consensus on seeing things like Chris seems to have some kind of new perspective on it. Like he's coming at it from a different life angle and it kind of shows in his performance. And I think that's really cool. You know, it's, it's, it's across the board. Everybody continually like has mentioned that. And that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's grown into that song and it's nice and slow. It allows him to actually get more of the feeling out. Not that songs like Thick and Thin or Hysteric Cold are bad, right? But it allows him to showcase that he can actually feel the song now. And and uh, he does a great job giving that back to the audience. And of course, we have the uh, the two major hits, the uh, Hard to Handle and She Talks to Angels. How did those go over with the crowd? You know, um, it, Chris gave a very nice nod of appreciation to those songs, uh, Hard to Handle, you know, mentioning, uh, without saying it's what put them on the map, but but basically acknowledging that and acknowledging Otis Redding. She Talks to Angels was frustrating for me. The song was great. Rich, Rich plays it lights out. But the sound, again, technical frustrations with that venue. The sound sucks at that venue. It's the worst place to see a show. Really? But, yeah, I was hoping that the sound guys would make up for it a little bit. Um, just unfortunately, wasn't the best I've ever heard that song. So good to see him and good to be acknowledged, but nothing really memorable for me on those. And then, of course, wrapping it up, we got Strut and Blues and Stare at Cold. Strut and Blues was always a tune that kind of didn't do a whole lot for me. But, you know, I I hear various people like kind of coming back around to it. Uh was that is that a tune you liked prior, or do you like it more now? I liked it prior, but it's never one you got to see live. So yeah. I I don't want to say you forgot about it, but it's in the back of your mind as you're wondering, you know, going into the 05 to 2013 stretch when you knew you're going to get two and a half, three hours of music a night. 
you knew Strut and Blues wasn't going to be on there. I liked hearing it. I thought they did a good job. Boy, would I love to see that as a song, as a set opener someday, if they continue with it. That that would be a lot of fun. And Stare It Cold has always been one of my top Black Crow songs, uh, even from the beginning. But unfortunately, this felt like they were just trying to get out of the set. Like they knew it was the end of this leg of the road trip, right? Mm. And uh, felt like they were trying to get out of it. So uh, another one that was a little less than than I had hoped for. That's a shame. I always liked Stericold too. I always thought it worked very well as an opener and a closer. It's one of those has like some songs just have that duality to them where they could be used in either spot. Yeah. Great opener. They used to open that on Sundays when they would tour. It was the Sunday service and Stericold yes. would open. And then I think on the last tour before the, the last break, they were sandwiching that into my morning song. And I mean, that that was a dream come true. It is, <laughs> yes. My two favorites. So we take a little break and then uh, they come back for that all the hits set. You know, just at, at a quick glance, that set that you got uh, was filled with songs primarily had seen prior, but uh, you were blessed with the introduction of Goodbye Daughters of the Revolution from the Warpaint record. How did that go over? I was happy as a pig in slop. Uh, Warpaint is an album that has never been appreciated as much as it should have been in, mm. in the Crow's Ledger. And so I was like, okay, the show's for real. Before that, you had no speak and you had conspiracy. And conspiracy was good, little funk there. And then whatever qualms or whatever worries I had had in the evening up until that point about them just phoning it in or them not really being present, they start breaking into that drum beat for goodbye, daughters. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> right on. So, you know, War Paint's one they give a lot of love to on their brothers' shows when it's just the brothers. And to see them bring the rest of the band in and, and give that some love was great. So I was I was very happy to see that. And then they follow that right up with Sometimes Salvation, which I could never get enough of that. This this did showcase Brian Griffin behind the kit a little bit. So no matter how straight he's told to play it, this is a song that needs a little personality. It's a song that showcases the rhythm section a lot. So tempo, drug a little bit in parts, but there was some feeling to it. And that's the beauty of live music, right? I'm actually curious to know, because I obviously sometimes Salvation, you can almost say it's a signature Mark Ford song because his solo on that is so memorable. Yeah. Um, how did Isaiah Mitchell handle the solo? Yeah, he did good. You know, the whole evening, I think they try to showcase Isaiah a little bit. Uh, so it was good to see. And I think the other, the other guy that reviewed this show kind of hit the nail on the head. It was, he was trying to play the Mark part and then tried to add a few of his own extras in there too, which is, this is a song that is beautiful in its simplicity. So it doesn't need too much laid over. And, uh, and by the end you felt they backed off and, and found the pocket again. To me, it's it's one of those songs, and this exists with most bands. Uh, it's not just exclusive to the Black Crows, but there's certain songs when you go to concerts that you're just looking to hear a certain way. You kind of want it to be faithful to its original because the original yeah. is so iconic. And then some songs you can kind of play with. And to me, this seems like one you kind of got to, you know, play it, uh, play it straight with, you know. Well, was that the song I'm trying to remember from Southern Harmony? Was that the song that Mark laid the solo down in one take and that yeah. was it? 
I, I, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Yeah, and and you know, it just doesn't get much more authentic than that. So, will it ever be duplicated? I don't know, but it's nice when they get close. Now Mark says he has a hard time recreating that, and it's his solo. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm very interested to know how they handle wiser time. I'd like to know how uh, Joel handles the keys part. Obviously, that's a big part of it, and how Isaiah takes care of his solo. Isaiah took care of business. Um, but wiser time is Rich Robinson announcing to the rest of the band and the rest of the audience exactly who's who around here. Uh, oh, is that right? I, I want to say his amp was was turned up just a few notches for that, and he came out to to lay it all on the table. So, you know, wiser always gets a few jams and solos, obviously shortened for this show and this tour. Um, but this is when, you know, it's the Rich Robinson show. Isaiah had a, a little showcase uh, and it, keys make the sound of this band when it comes to some songs and Wiser is one of those top songs for me. So Joel got, got a chance to be showcased uh, a little bit as well. So I was very happy with the way that Wiser turned out, knowing what to expect going in. And and this wasn't a theater show in the theater district in Chicago. This was an amphitheater that was catering to the the common denominator of fans, not the hardcore. So I thought they did a good job. Followed up by Thorn in My Pride, which uh, notoriously the band kind of stretches out and jams on. Are they doing that on this tour? No. So Wiser and Thorn back to back, you know, 10 years ago, that meant a good half hour of good timey jamming. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you you knew what to expect if you listen to enough of the shows going in you could even time a bathroom break if if you needed it and, <laughs> uh, it was it was great to have them back to back and great to have them in the show but it's not the same when it's not kind of extended out and, and drawn out a little bit and the band doesn't get to stretch its legs it's they definitely had a they definitely had a time limit uh so it was it was great to have them. I'll I'll never turn down a show with Wiser and Thorn, especially back to back. But uh, I guess all in all, it left me feeling wanting just a little bit more out of that. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I I, I actually get a little joy out of seeing Thorn and My Pride show up on the set list because Sven had told us that that's like his favorite song to play. So I kind of I just think, oh, he's getting to enjoy himself right now, you know. So <laughs> it is a great yeah. tune. That bass line is one of the best in their repertoire, so I can certainly understand that. And then, you know, uh, we finish out with, uh, you know, two other big hits uh, in the Crows uh, canon from uh, Southern Harmony, and that's Sting Me and Remedy. I'm sure they played these kind of straightforward, no? Yep. I, for Sting Me, the note I had on there, it could have been easy for them to phone it in, but they didn't. And the sound, but the sound guys in video, you know, they've got these big video boards, so they're trying to showcase the band, but they don't have the right camera on during the right solo. So it's like, I know, I know what to look and to listen for, because I know the band, I know the song, I know where it's going to go. The camera guy did it, and the sound guy, I don't think, did sometimes. Again, not bashing these guys, but at the same time, just left disappointed. Sting Me is one that I love. On the when I'm just sitting listening to a record, I love it. I love Southern Harmony. I think it's one of the best album openers there is. I don't really care for it live. I it's just been done before. So I'm I'm torn on that one. I don't think the band phoned it in, but the production took away from that for me. <clears throat> and then Remedy, listen, this song alone makes the case for backup singers. And it's so good to have them on this tour 
and just have everybody uh, I thought did a really great job with this. It's another song like No Speak that opened this this half of the set. And and obviously like the first half of the show doing the same songs every night. They could easily phone it in and they didn't. I thought they did a good job and, and delivered a good rock and roll recap. So it, it was a good uh, cap to the show, in my opinion. Now you kind of touched on the uh, the background singers and uh, curious to know uh, how their performance is because um, it's very that aspect of it actually surprisingly is very hard for me because I'm such a big fan of a charity and Mona they're yeah. such lovely people they're such excellent performers I, it, to me it would seem hard to top what they did but uh, how are the the two new singers the two new singers were fine but I'd have to agree you just have to know what you're getting this time around you're not getting charity and mona you're not getting steve gorman you're not getting uh, insert your favorite guitar player here mm. uh, but you're getting a good show and people that are invested in it and and uh, are are giving what they can so they were good it's better to have some than none at all is my opinion i mean but you you touch on a very good point i would much rather see the band dialed in and really giving it their all and enjoying themselves i mean that that kind of makes up for anybody you you were hoping to see up on that stage in, in, yeah. in a lot of ways i don't want listen i saw them in 2013 in chicago those guys were i don't want to say miserable but you could tell they just weren't having it anymore right and i think even steve has a picture in his book from that show and it was like oh just not sad but you want people that enjoy being there and enjoy each other's company and part of the thing that i think the brothers wanted going into this was new blood fresh perspective no baggage left over from the end and and that meant you know pretty clean slate as far as people go and and i thought that i thought they filled it nicely and uh, of course you got a nice encore i think it's interesting for me to see them doing this tune but you got a nice cover of uh the stones it's only rock and roll but i like it how was that for you you know, for me, it was good. I was definitely happy to get that other than, you know, besides the Lou Reed one, which was the only two openers they were doing right at the time of the tour. Um, they've since inserted a couple others, which, you know, I've got a bone to pick with the band when it comes to skipping Chicago over for a little while, but <laughs> it, it was fine. The unfortunate thing is that this is when you could, you knew you're only getting one encore. Most of the audience probably knew it or half of them didn't care enough to stick around. So everybody's just asking, you know, where'd we park the car? And they're starting to make their way towards the exits. It's not the love that you would get to the band at a show with true fans. Not to say there weren't true fans there, that, you know, people were still up front all the way to the end and, and having a great time. But it just isn't the same in a big amphitheater like that when people are running for the exits it's, to me it's not a <clears throat> to me it's not a rock and roll show now some people could argue the most rock and roll thing to do would be to leave early and you know say to the band get bent <laughs> we're out of here <laughs> but, but you know i i think they deserve a little bit more respect than that so that was a little disappointing for me and that's when I got a sense that the band was ready to like, they knew it was time. It's time to go. It's our last song. Let's get out of here. And didn't leave, I guess the best taste in my mouth as far as the show went, but all in all, I'll still take it. I mean, that's to me, that's always been the one drawback of summer amphitheater shows is, you know, a good percentage of the audience is there because they got a, a cheap ticket, a free ticket. Somebody else was going, it's a good hang drinks, you know, that kind of thing. It's more of the, 
the overall atmosphere of them than sometimes in the band that they're seeing, you know, so that kind of, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. You know, some people just aren't invested in the music that they're hearing. No. And, and it is what it is. I'm hoping my hope is that this energizes the band to keep going. You know, they've already got to push the European tour dates back to, to next year. So I'm hoping it inspires them to keep going and maybe, this new music that we're allegedly hearing about gets some gets some love from a full band treatment, right? And and they keep um, keep things interesting. I guess I don't want if it's just gonna be hour and forty minute amphitheater shows here on out. I I don't know how many more of those I'd want to see. But if they're gonna continue keeping it fresh to the best of their ability or or desire then yeah, I'll, I'll invest in it. I've invested this much time and money into them so far. I'll stick around if they're going to put something into it. So going in, obviously you mentioned before you were at about a five coming out. What, where would that one to 10 number be for you? I'd put it at a seven, seven and a half. There's some things that, like I said, I thought were done really well. I'm blessed and spoiled to have seen them many, many times in smaller venues and all of the emotional or the the hijinks stuff aside, they could put on a damn good show in a theater. And you just don't get the same thing uh, at a big amphitheater, especially a dump like that. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I put it in its place. I'm grateful that they did it. Like I said at the beginning, they look like they're serious about it and, and they're in it, um, seriously in it. So... I was excited for that, but yeah, I mean, it's an hour and 40 minute show and I've seen him play for two and a half hours and all of this stuff was from the first three albums, except for one song and an encore. Mm. I'm like, oh, usually Chicago gets a little love. We get some special songs or special treatments or, um, some, some fun little nuggets and gems. And, and this was a punch the clock kind of show. So that's why I leave it between a seven and an eight. I mean, a seven and a half is quite respectable and uh, kind of continues solidifying that I think a lot of people that go to the show expecting to be underwhelmed or somewhat overwhelmed over their original expectation. I think that's a nice thing. I think that's a testament to how much they're all invested in the performance. Before anything, they announced this and I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a three. And maybe when I come out, it'll be a five. And obviously exceeded my expectations in both of those. So um, I'm happy for that. And and I just, like I said, I'm hopeful that it, uh, it yields something more down the road. That would be exciting for me. Yes, we all have our fingers and toes crossed for that because the Southern Harmony anniversary thing would be nice and or something to commemorate that and maybe uh you know downscale to theaters and 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 really get the uh the hardcores involved yeah absolutely absolutely well sean always a pleasure talking to you and i appreciate you joining me folks sean will be with us on a uh, a more proper episode at some point but uh for now this is us introducing you to our pal sean and, and we uh can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this with us man Thank you so much for having me. I, I look forward to many more. Yes. All right, everybody. So that's another road report in the books, and we'll see you next time. Shake your money maker 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 Sh
Money make 